Hello, welcome back to Time for Nas. This is Rabbi Fine. Here we are, Shmuel Base Perek Yud Aleph. This is a famous episode, one completely shrouded in mystery, but not mystery in terms of lack of information, mystery in terms of a plethora of information. We're going to see the episode of David and Batsheva. Now, before we see the physical facts, what happened on the ground, there is a ream of literature, material from the Gemara, from Chazal, from the commentaries, from Mishonim, talking about this episode, both halachic, in other words, did what, what did David sin? Did David HaMelech do what looks like an unspeakable act or not? That's the halachic literature, and the, they, they, they talk about the fact that Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, was, uh, divorced his wife before he went out to war, etc. That, that's the Gemara. Beyond that, there's also the Hashkafic literature. In other words, why did he do it? Even if he didn't sin, or even if it was a lower level sin than it looked like, remember, David HaMelech does get criticized by the prophet. David HaMelech in Sefer Tehillim, he does own up. He says that, I, I, he confesses. He says that uh, I did something wrong. So uh, why would he do it? Why would he do it? And the Roshonim talk about very interesting things here, very deep things. Um, the Rishon called Reb Meir ben Reb Moshe, I'll tell you exactly where it is. It's Chivas Remeber Moshe, but in Zivugim. He talks about the fact that uh, David Hamelech, uh, his, his almost some of his free will was almost taken away. He was pushed to do this in order to show people the way of doing Chiva. The Gemara says that similar idea with regards to the national sin of Chet Ha'igel. Of course, it doesn't mean we weren't responsible. It just means that God was pushing something to happen uh, in order that a lesson should be learned or taught. Um, the other angle is an interesting one based on a different Gemara, based actually on a Zohar, that there was a bit of history between David and Uriah. Uriah is Bathsheba's husband. Uriah was the arms bearer of, bearer, excuse me, of Goliath, of Goliath. Uriah, when Goliath fell, Uriah helped David take out the sword and in fact helped him finish Goliath off. In return, David says, there's a woman destined for me you're going to be able to marry her. That was called, she was called Bathsheba. But Uriah knew that she was destined to marry David Amalek. According to some, he never had relations with her, etc. So that this, this, this entire backdrop to the story, it is not just simple, you know, David Amalek saw a girl bathing on a roof and he, he demanded her and had the husband killed. There are very deep things going on in this story. But let's look at the literal reading of the events in the Pesukim. David does see Bathsheba bathing on the roof. Uh, there's another mystical Gemara about uh, him, uh, not that she was exposing herself on a roof, but uh, there, was, there was some form of animal up there. Dov the Melech was trying to kill it. In doing so, shot an arrow. It then knocked something down, exposed Bathsheba. You see that certain things were, were almost meant to happen in a certain sense. He sees her on the roof. He sends her. He has relations with her. Bathsheba returns home, tells David she's pregnant. Um, meanwhile, David sends messengers home, sends messages to her husband, Uriah, and tells him to come home from the battlefield. Right? How so? Well, this way, again, literal reading, if he has relations to the wife, with his wife, then he wouldn't know that she was pregnant from David. Uriah disobeys and stays in the palace overnight. Now, there is halachic discussion over here. Firstly, if he was in the battlefield, did he divorce her already? Back in the day, Kalayotel Mulchemes based David, 
get creases, he would write to his wife. Anyone who went to the army, they would write a get beforehand, whether it was conditional upon return, whether it was an outright get is a debate. They'd write a get in order there shouldn't be any Aguna situations if, God forbid, a husband went missing and we didn't know if they had died or not. Uh, others say that Uriah's disobeying or his uh, slightly uh, non-respectful tone in which he addresses David or refuses to uh, return from the battlefront meant he was married by Malchus, he was allowed to be killed. Um, but either way, David eventually does feast with Uriah. He became drunk, but he refuses to come home. David asks Uriah to take a letter to Yoav, commanding Yoav to place Uriah in a dangerous combat zone where he'd likely to be killed. Yoav obeys. In the end, David does send a messenger. Yoav obeys and sends a message to David and says exactly what the current battle updates are. Uh, he explains that Uriah has died, and David tells the messenger to tell Yoav he'd done nothing wrong and he should just strengthen the battle, do even more, even though it sounded like the plan was to have Yoav killed, to have, sorry, Uriah killed through the battle. But Sheva mourns, and after this, she becomes David Amelach's wife and has a son. Uh, the Possek says at the end that the David Amelach's actions were bad in the eyes of Hashem. And that is how the Paragans is interesting that the son is, of course, going to be Shlomo Amelach. And from this controversial background comes Moshiach. In other words, it's not that Moshiach has a glorious, amazing, brilliant uh, kind of lineage all the way up. But no, shrouded in controversy, shrouded in ups, downs, such is the history and story of the Jewish people that even during the murky times, we can produce greatness.